everybody. Welcome to November. We are starting up November's podcasting with me. So here's the thing. As we get into November, we are celebrating um, November 3rd would be one year in podcasting. Can you believe it? Wednesday is one year in podcasting. Like I am like so excited. We have over 1400 downloads in the year and we're sitting at right now. This makes like, don't give me the line. Um, yeah, like 30 something episodes. Yeah, we're all over the place. But this is season three, guys. We are in our season three and I am kicking off your November month. And so you got to get some great things this November. You know, last November we talked about self-worth and what self-worth is and what self-worth is about when it comes out of women. And you heard me talk about myself. I had three other wonderful uh, friends who came on and gave their word about them. That's amazing, right? Like, because it takes a lot to be just vulnerable like that. So what has happened in 365 days? Well, we have done a lot of things during 65 days. So I am here to talk to you guys about me. So I came out with my book. Um, I am, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm an author now, guys. Can y'all believe it? I'm an author now. So being an author is such a great but humbling experience because here's the thing. It ain't just about writing books. It's literally about, this book is literally about me and my livelihood and everything else. So we did the book, Authentic Transparency, if you guys can see that, Forgiveness to Freedom. Um, and so we started a brand, I Am Forgiveness to Freedom as well. And we are, and in this book, let me tell you something, Authentic Transparency, I am talking about everything. I let it out, literally let it out. And so we have sold over 400 copies. So I'm, I'm really excited and geeked about that. Um, but the book is very transparent about who I am, what I am and what I was. And, you know, I, my, my biggest thing is just, you know, incorporating people to understand the forgiveness and being able to be free from all of that. And that's one of the things that I did, um, you know, putting it all out there. It took a lot. I won't even lie. Last November, it was a lot going on between November, and December, when I came down to editing this book, talking about who I was, who I am, what I'm doing. And it really took a lot out of me. However, though, it was worth taking out of me. I won't even lie. It, it really opened my mind up to some things about life and myself that I really wasn't tracking, you know? So it was a lot of growth writing this. Um, I tell you, you, know, you can write a lot about a lot of things. However, to write so much detail about yourself is huge. And I, I had to be truly honest. I had to be ready to get it out. Okay, so writing um, authentic transparency was definitely not uh, something that I thought about. I ain't willing to lie to you that the name authentic transparency wasn't even going to be there. So as we kicking off November and we're kicking off um, self-love as well. So we're going to cover a couple of things in November. As you guys know, last year we talked about lung cancer awareness with um Julian Fletcher, who was 27 years old, battling lung cancer. Unfortunately, he passed last December, um, right before New Year's. Um, and, you know, he left, but he's an anchor. And as I stick by, he's an anchor. And he left a, such a legacy with me. So if you guys did not catch that, you will catch that again um, as I speak about lung cancer as well. So we're going we're gonna to be getting into that later this month. However, again, we're going to do self-worth and we're doing the art of dancing this month. So I am really excited about the month of November. But again, today we are talking to me about 
um, authentic transparency. So I'm going to go through some of the questions people had um, writing this book, what it really was. And if I want to give out some secrets to people who have not read the book yet. So this is a 19 chapter book that literally goes into the nitty gritty. I left no stone unturned. It says a lot, right? I literally did not want to leave, you know, anything out there. Um, there's still some things that are not out there yet, but I did, when it came down to me personally, there are some things I did not want to leave out there. Um, I wanted to make sure you knew because this way you understood my challenge and everything I had to go through to get to this point. And so I have no regrets writing the book. So that was one question was, you know, did I have regrets writing the book? Absolutely not. No regrets writing the book. Um, it was beneficial. It was definitely heart tugging. I want to go out. I still like read and go, what? I said that? Yeah, I, I still do. So I'm just going to, like I said, answer some questions. So one of the biggest things, the first chapter in the book was called Foundation. And that is for a reason. The, the, the crazy part about it is you got to have a foundation for everything. You have to. And so I have my foundation in the, the, the first chapter being about foundation was very important. And I'm going to tell y'all, this was nothing but God, because I think I changed the names of titles plenty of times. But foundation was definitely the start, because at the end of the day, you got to have a foundation. You got to have a foundation to build on. I see foundation um, and what we stand on is like a home and you got to have that piece. And so I really had to have that in order to under, have an understanding of my house. And at one point in my life, I had to completely destroy the home and rebuild it. God had to do some work on me on that. So, you know. Um, and so that's about that chapter of uh, foundation is basically the start of, not what I remember because my memory go before that, but it starts, you know, me being five and having no kidding, um, a true, foundation that was really broken um the ch chapter one introduces my mother um my mother's rage and some other things about my mom and so I end it as I'm talking about chapter two which is child's fear and I talk about the fear that I literally have I felt like I was in jail I felt like I had a lot of things going on and for me that was very important for me to have placed out there despite you know, how I felt about things. Um, chapter two and chapter three, we talk about a child's fear. And I talk about just being fearful of the things that are going on in my life. And, and I'm giving you the details of the fear. Um, it was definitely detrimental, you know, to a lot that I had going on. And then in chapter three, we'll talk about fear not. And so part of the fear not is actually, um, it put a smile on my face to a point because it starts my love uh, well, it doesn't start my love for music. It just helps me recognize my love for music at that time, singing and music. Um, I love music. I love dancing. I love all those things. So I started singing in um, in church when I was a little bit girl. And so that's where Fear Not come to play because that's actually the very first song I sang in church. Fear Not or I Am With You. And so I just, in the story, I talk about this little girl with these big smile, missing a couple of teeth. Um, and we're this is when my love the my love for the color purple came to play because um the robes the seating in the church i'm a, a very small church in a country area somewhere and i um i talk about in that chapter watch my mother get baptized 
and what it did for me and how I really how I really had to adapt to some things with the understanding when it came out of church and God and baptism. I was, you know, I was confused. I was like, wait, but you got baptized and you rude. But again, you, you got to read it to see the, the transition um, of that. And so it was a really big transition for me um, at that time, um, you know, singing that song. And at that time, not realizing what I'm singing. See that? Not realizing what I'm singing. And so then um, we get into chapter four which is for those who have the book, no chapter four has a disclaimer in the front. Um, it's a trigger disclaimer. Um, and the chapter is called seven. So I really get into that as we speak about molestation and rape. Um, and it's very graphic. It's very detailed. I talk about my innocence being taken. You know, the crazy part, that was actually the original title of it was um, uh, Innocent Stricken. And God laid it on my heart when he came back from editing and was like, change it and make it short and simple. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, what am I naming? And he was like seven. And so seven has a different multitude of meanings. Um, for me, it's completion. And so writing that one was literally one of the hardest things to write because I'm freeing myself because nobody's really ever heard the story outside my mother. And so writing it actually gave me the opportunity to just be honest and say how I felt. And I did. I put it out there. Hard to read for some people. Um, and people have expressed their anger and everything. So I always, look, that's why there's a disclaimer in there. So if you read it, chapter seven is definitely one of those ones that make you just go, wait, hold on. Mm, it's a lot going on in there. It is. It's a lot going on in there, but it's there. Then we have um, chapter five, which talks about um, I said, yes. So that kind of ties into chapter four and it talks about, um, and if you listen to last year's self-worth, um, it talks about me and giving myself away and what that really was. Um, it's one of those things to where I literally gave myself to, to men because it was just, it was good. It was, it felt right. But then when it was over, I felt used and uh, worthless. And I'm trying to find another word for it. Um, but I adapted to that life, though. I adapted to that was the norm for me. And I'm not afraid to say that, yes, I was literally out there giving myself away. I'm telling you, just doing what I did. And, um, you know, I never forget being asked, well, when did you lose your virginity? Oh, I lost my virginity at nine. And I don't account for seven because that was taken from me. However, um, my first sexual encounter was seven years old. And so when you think about that, it makes you really like putting your hand and be like, you got to be, what are we, what are we doing? But you, a lot of people don't realize how many people are actually living that life to this day, but it's such a kept secret and it's under the rug. And this way it's opening up so people can have conversation. Throughout the rest of the book, um, I talk about my transition how I had five elementary schools, um, how I moved in with my grandmother. My, for those who know me, know me well when I speak about it, you know, my grandmother raised me. Um, and my grandma was strict, strict. Uh, I don't regret it now, but she was definitely a strict one. And so I used to just always, you know how they say when your parents are strict, you just go out there and do things. I think for me, it wasn't just the fact that she was strict. It's just one of those things that I, I needed. I thirst, I needed 
um, those things. Um, you know, I've been called all types of names, slut, um, thought, hurt, name it. Um, I had those names for a while growing up um, because that is what I represented. That's what I represented. That's what I did. Was it right? No, but I didn't know any better. And I won't say schoolmates know any better. We were kids. It's what happened. However, though, I learned that I allowed their words, their own pain, their own misunderstanding to dictate my life. And it dictated it for a while. We're talking about 20 plus years. I allow all those things to dictate me to where, um, and I talk about it in the book, I was suicidal. I mean, I'm talking about um, taking razor blades at the age of uh, 10 years old and cutting myself, hoping one day I was going to hit that artery. Just one day. I didn't know much about, you know, the body as far as like artery and what the cut, which way to cut, but I did. And that's what I, that's what I knew. So that's what I did. And was it worthy? Worth it? Um, no, it was a learning experience though. And so it was one of the things to where I used to write notes to myself that said I was ugly, um, that I was stupid. Because by the time I got to my grandmother, I could not really read and I could not do math. You would have never known the math part now because I love math. Math is one of my favorite things, even though I hate finance, but you know, math is great for me. Um, even a reading, I can read really well. I just don't like to. Crazy, right? Wrote a book, but I don't like reading. Nah, it's a lot. But it allowed me to have an understanding that I'm worthy, you know, and when you're doing it, and understand, I cut from fourth grade to my senior year of high school. So that's a lot of years of cutting um, from 92 to 2001. It's a lot of years. That's literally 90 years of me cutting. Um, my grandparents did find out about me cutting, but unfortunately, you know, really couldn't stop too much. My grandfather was hiding razors and stuff like that. And he tried his best with it. However, it just was, it, I was too far gone. I had a lot of destructive things going on. I was hurt in so many ways. Um, I, you know, people say, well, oh, you know, at least you got your parents. No, I have my grandparents. I didn't have my parents. Um, I am a fatherless, motherless child. I'm a parentless child. Um, but I had my grandparents who did their best. Um, they were definitely very older in age, trying to raise, at the time, four girls. And then later on, it was just me and my sister. So they, they trying to raise us in a world they don't understand because they ain't part of that generation. Like, hey, granddaddy was like, I don't, I'm confused. But you know, granddaddy used to teach us a lot of things. So, um, so yeah, that was definitely, and then in the book, we, we get into the forgiveness end of it. Um, I, you know, I can't tell you all these things without giving you, you know, what really took place next. And, you know, one of the biggest things that took place was definitely a conversation with my mother. As I desired to be a mom myself, um, I, I went through a lot of struggles, infertility, um, you know, I just understand why I couldn't get pregnant. And so God had to remind me of a lot of things and I had to learn uh, a time and place for everything. And I had to learn that denial wasn't a, uh, I mean, a delay wasn't a deny. Um, and I had to learn that. Hardest thing to learn, but I had to learn that. Um, was it worth the learning? Absolutely. When I look at it now, it was absolutely worth the learning. I learned that delayed but not denied and so having a conversation with my mother released me from the pain that I had carried um I even 
I even forgave the, the man that absolutely destroyed my life. And let me, let me, the two men that absolutely destroyed my life. Um, I'm very blunt about it. I'm open about it. Um, the, the one who took every bit of innocence that I had, you know, that destroyed me. And then my actual biological dad, I had to learn how to forgive everybody across the board. My mother, my grandparents, even though they really didn't do anything wrong, they was trying to raise me. So the forgiveness for that end was a little different. I used to be like, well, I hate y'all because y'all won't let me do such and such. Now as an adult, I get it. I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. But when it came down to my parents, I really had to forgive them because it was a lot to it. Um, when you feel abandoned, you feel dirty, you just don't feel worthy. So even as I graduated high school, um, my mom still accepted me to a point where open arms, it was still stipulations and issues there, but she still had me. And no matter how I try to comprehend the situation, um, I understood. To this day, I don't regret anything I've done. Say it like that. I don't regret anything. I did what I did. I had to do what I had to do. And guess what? Look where I'm at today. You know, never in my life thinking um, I would be a business owner. I own homes. Um, to be in a position now to where an author, a mentor, uh, a life coach, speaking and doing the things that was done to me and helping people get through it. One of the biggest uh, things in this book was um, one of the end chapters where um, I talk about, so it, all the chapters mean something to me. So let me, let me just say that. But chapter 18 is absolutely the chapter for me. Um, Birth and forgiveness. That, that chapter really, and I, I read that chapter at my book lunch. Um, but that chapter really did something to me because it was me birthing my daughter, but at the same time, um, remembering my mother. And so I, uh, excuse me, I wrote chapter 17, my apologies. Um, speaking with my mother about my IVF journey and everything was just absolutely. So I'm gonna read to you, um, the, the part that I read at my book launch. It, and if so, if you have a book, it is chapter uh, 140, excuse me, chapter 17, I'm sorry, chapter 17, and it's called Final Goodbye. It is the story I read to my mother. So here's the reason why this chapter is also very big for me. So um, this is the month where we found out that we were having um, our daughter, Janae, we, might, we did IVF. So I actually did the transfer uh, on that Monday, the 4th of um, the fourth of November. So that's going to be eight years here soon. Wow. Um, the 4th of November, we did the transfer. The 13th of November is when I found out uh, we was pregnant with our daughter. And our numbers was 20. It was 201. Um, and that's very significant. If you read the, the if you read the, um, the book, you'll see why the number 201 was very significant. However, two weeks later um, is when I got the drastic phone call and I speak about it in my book of uh, my mother, um, the, it was the day after Thanksgiving. And I got the call that she was in the hospital and we found out shortly after that she had lung cancer. So November is also lung cancer month. So I am a huge, huge advocate for lung cancer 
um, I stand by it. So I am, and I'm tearing up as I'm thinking about it. So this part that I'm going to read you is very near to dear to me because this actually is called Final Goodbye. It is literally when I said goodbye to my mother. And the reason why it is so important because it is it was the trans, the 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 moment of um, transparency. It, it really was. It was a reality at that point. And so every time I, I think of this part, I, I read it because November to January was definitely a difficult month, uh, months for me. We're talking about dang near 60 days of the emotions and mind you, I was pregnant. And the reason why it's so important for me, because my, me and my mother had a very long conversation, April, 2013. And we was literally back on track. I'll never forget it, April, 2013. Well, my mom passed January of 2014. I was allowed to have my mother for nine months. And let me tell you, a woman is pregnant for nine months. And it was very, very important for me um, that I acknowledge the nine months my mother mothered me. I needed it. And so what people don't understand for me, in my years, by the time my mother had passed, I was, uh, I was 31 at that time. So we're talking about 31 years that I just felt abandoned. But the last nine months, Last nine months were absolutely everything to me. So, um, okay, I'm gonna start here. Um, Monday was the last day I was in town for this trip. By this time, cancer had spread, and they could at all, and they ah, and all they could do was make her comfortable. She knew when to ask me to be home to see her because she knew what was about to take place. That Monday evening, we spent some hours together, just me and her. We talked and laughed, but as the hour went by, the talking and laughing decreased. As her pain increased, I prayed for her, gave her gentle touches, and just told her how much I loved her. It felt so good. I knew in my spirit that this was the last time I would do this. Keeping with the smile for her, and she told me I need to go and get my rest. She mouthed how beautiful I was and how grown up I've become, expressing how proud she was, touching my stomach and asking me, and asking, do we have a name and that and what I thought we were having? I told her, I know it's a girl, even though we haven't had the appointment yet. And we wanted to name her Janae Ann. And being both her middle name and my mother-in-law's middle name, she giggled and kept rubbing my stomach. She looked in and I could see the glitter in her eyes. It sparkled like a star and I couldn't help but stare. My mother said the most powerful words to me, I won't forget. I will watch her till she comes home. She will be fine. It was more, but she was mouthing her words and, and in pain. I made out what she was trying to say. I kissed her hand and embraced her words. My heart filled with tears, but I wouldn't let them fall. Mom looked me in my face and in so many words told me to let her go. All I could do was shake my head, yes, and be okay with it. This was the last time I would see her alive, last time I would kiss her cheek, last time for her to touch, and the last time she would tell me she loved me. That broke my heart to pieces. I gave her the longest kiss I could give. She didn't say goodnight, but she said goodbye. I told mom how I loved her and always will. As I walked out, the nurse hugged me in the hallway. For me, that sealed it, and I knew for sure I wouldn't see her again. The nurses was remarkable. She told me that she could take she would take care of my mom for me. The hug the nurse gave me said it was okay for me to cry. Sorry, guys, I'm crying now, trying to read. But before it got worse, I thanked her again. I walked to my car and cried like a baby. I cried so hard because I didn't know what to do or how to feel. 
I was hurting and I just wanted to go home. Real talk, I just wanted my mom. It took me a long time to get home that Tuesday as the weather was bad with snow. Flights were delayed and diverted a couple of times. When I fly home, I had a lot of thoughts of why my child that I'm carrying won't meet her grandmother. Why my mom had to, why my mom has to die. I went home and I went back to work trying to stay focused. Everything about my feelings and what I was thinking had me questioning all my feelings. People was wondering why I was at work and what I was doing. They even questioned how I was grieving. I just needed positive people in my life at that moment. I remember the call from my stepfather that following Monday about planning her service. I was strong on the phone, but crying is something I was trying not to do. My mom leaving me was becoming reality, and I wish I could wake up. Wednesday, January 29, 2014, at 7.20 in the morning, at 15 weeks pregnant, I lost my mom, even though I gained an angel. That pain hurt like hell. I felt like someone stabbed me in my heart, and I was turning the knife. Being hurt, mad, and angry, and even though we knew it was coming, I felt I wasn't ready. My heart was so crushed, and yes, I questioned God. He reminded me of everything, has a reason, season, and a purpose. I accepted that, but at that moment, that was, was the hardest of them all to accept and to take in. I never knew how hard it would be to say goodbye, but I did, and that was a goodbye that will forever live with me. What I will remember is from April 13, 2013 to January 2014. I was able to have my mom. A woman is pregnant for nine months. And in nine months, my mom loved me as if I was in her womb again. Even though we weren't near each other, it was like the vocal cord linked up spiritually. The bond, was, the bond was wholesome and beautiful. I cherish those nine months and I will always know the importance of them. My heart and my boo bear, I will never forget our final goodbye, but our love is for a lifetime. Verily A. North, 4 November 1961, 29 January 2014. And the scripture I have for her is there's a good woman, but you are the best. Grace and beauty can fool you, but a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Give her the award she deserves. Praise her in public for what she has done. Proverbs 31, 29 through 31. And that is sorry. Um yeah, that is the concept of my mom. And so as we're celebrating November, I ask you to remember those who are less fortunate. Remember those who are going through. Remember those who are, you know, dealing with um, cancer and those things. We have no control of that. Besides, we can control our mouth. You know, I miss my mother wholeheartedly. And usually, you know, the months are definitely hard, but I take pride in knowing that that woman loved every bit of me and I can never repay her for that. But as you heard me read, I got my mom for nine months and it was like the vocal cord was attached again. And so that stands out to me every day. Take this time to love and cherish. Take this time to understand that God has something for you. This book means a lot to me, not just because I wrote it, but because it's everything about me and I can read my change. I can read my transition. I can read how I grew up. That for me is powerful is how I grew up. I'm a grown up now. However, again, I'm gonna forever miss that woman. And as I celebrate November, I won't, you know, her name still rings. Her name would not be in vain. So as we get into this month, you know, again, remember, 
that there's power in the tongue. There's power in how we speak. There's power in how we do things, okay? There's power in how we move about our life. There's power in our words. I want you to remember that as you go on about your day, um, there is power. They're strong, all right? You guys have a blessed time. Thank you.